0: all right let's do this how are you what the fuck buddies what the fucking ears what the fucksters what the fuck of barry fins what the fuck fuckadelics i am mark Marin. this is wtf welcome to the show thank you for joining us it's been a rough few days in the world horrible carnage evil fucking people fucking just fucking horrible and uh i just want to say up front here that my my heart goes out to uh all the people all over the world, and in Paris, and and anybody who lost anybody in that horrible fucking, just fucking monsters. It's it's just it's just terrifying. It, sometimes it's just terrifying. And I I know we get a little insulated over here in the states, and we may not have our our heads in the game in terms of what's going on in in the world, and we live our little lives and and i imagine you know most people are just doing what they they want to do to get by and have fun and and then just fucking just horrible evil carnage and it's just devastating and and fucking sad and and sometimes it seems so um unresolvable but again um i'm sorry for anybody who uh who lost people and i'm sorry for uh for all of us in a way sometimes uh Living at this time in history, I imagine not unlike any time, times, just fucking overwhelming. So what I did, uh, aside from process it and feel horrible, is I uh, I played some pretty angry guitar, <laughs> try, try to send something out into the world. But um, but yeah, you you know it's, it's just been it's just been a pretty horrible few days. I um. I did, you know, I do sometimes think about that. I, I you know, my, my yeah, initially I, I feel angry and, and then I feel just sort of despair and then I feel a certain amount of pointlessness and, and then, you know, I, there's part of me just wants to run away. But where? Where? We got to move on. We got to remain fearless and, and not be, uh, you know, just fucking psychically pummeled to a point where you know we can't function that being said uh there is part of me that's ready to start the band i i know that uh that it seems like a crazy dream it seems like a ridiculous idea but uh to be honest with you i i went out and uh you know brendan small and uh pete and joe and walter and the fellas that brendan does you know from you might know him from this show or metalocalypse and Great guitar player. They do these shows, these baked shows, where you tell a story, and then you know you can play some music. And I just jump at the opportunity to play music with other people uh, whenever I can. And uh, every time I do it, I think, well, why, why, why don't I do this? This, this was really the dream. This was really the dream to be in a band. Did I mention I have Daniel Radcliffe on the show today, the actor? The actor who's, who portrayed a, a character that maybe some of you are familiar with, Harry Potter. I don't want to pigeonhole him. But uh, what a great kid this kid is. This kid's a good kid. Uh, you look, for, look forward to that conversation. You, this Radcliffe kid, he's all right. These kids. I'm old. I'm getting old. The fear's in me. I can see it. I can see the darkness. That's why I want to play guitar. I just want to play guitar through the darkness. Find it. Find that life source. Find that. Tap into that well of existential poetry. Just just make a couple of, uh, maybe one record. That's my dream. I want to make a, like I disappear for like two or three years. And then I get a small label to record this weird record I did uh, with no, no, um, only one take. Uh, maybe Nine songs, one take, me and, and a guitar, and maybe a guy on drums. Let's all, we'll throw a bass player in too. Might might as well have a keyboard player, but it has to be one take and I have to uh has to be impulsive, no planning. Like I'd like the story to go something like this. Yeah, you know, I was a fan of Marin. this is a, I'm doing a character now. This is a character of a guy who runs a recording studio outside of Portland, Oregon. Yeah, man, I mean, I was sort of a fan of Marin. You know, I, I liked his TV show, right? The podcasts were pretty good. You know, I liked to listen to the podcast. I used to fast-forward through the beginning, but I enjoyed the podcast for the most part. I, I knew he played a little guitar, but I didn't know much about him. And Then one night, you know, he showed up. He just showed up with a guitar, no amp. It was missing a string, and uh, he didn't look good. He didn't look strung out, but he didn't look good. It wasn't like he was on drugs or nothing, but it looked like he wasn't eating well. He looked he looked kind of gaunt and tired, and he looked like he'd been wearing the same pants for a while. And he didn't smell great. And uh, he just said, "Look, I want to I want to cut a record. I got the songs right here." And he pulled out all these weird scribbled post its and pieces of paper and napkins. He'd written some stuff on his arm. And uh, I said, "I well, I mean, you know, I'm, uh, you, you know, it's late. You, uh, I know, but I, I just gotta." He said, "I just gotta, you know, I just gotta get these out." And I go, "All right, well, you, you know, I, I it's, it's, good to see. You. I was a fan of your stuff, and I, I guess you're, you're not doing that anymore, but, uh, but yeah, we can lay some tracks down." And then he said, "Well, do, do, do you know a drummer and a bass player and a piano player?" And I said, "Look, dude, it's like five. It's five p.m. You know, it's Tuesday. I don't know where I'm going to find those people. I know people, but I mean." We got to do this now. And he said, yeah, we got to do it right fucking now. And uh, I don't know why, but, you know, he was convincing. It seemed urgent. And uh, I made some calls. I got some guys here and they did. You know, he'd rehearse it, uh, barely rehearse it. Just tell people the groove. They're not complicated songs. And, um, uh, you know, and, and, and they they just laid these tracks down. One take, all nine tracks. And and that's the story behind it. I I had no idea that it would uh, pick up as much traction as it did. And, you you know, I guess it was a pretty important record for a lot of people. And I've never seen Marin again. And I guess most people haven't. But uh, I'm sure glad we have this record and that I was part of it and seen. That's how I picture it. That's how I picture it. That's how it's going to go. Look, I uh, I want to uh, help out my buddy. I got my buddy Chris Garcia on the phone. Uh, he's uh, he's recording his first comedy album tomorrow. Uh, that's Tuesday and Wednesday, November seventeenth and eighteenth, at the Punchline in San Francisco. This guy's really one of the funniest guys I, I've worked with. I love him uh, as a comic. He's a great guy. He he did say he featured for me uh, before my upcoming special that's going to be on Epix December fourth. And uh, yeah, I got him on the phone for a second. So let's talk to Chris Garcia.
1: Hello, Chris. Hey, what's up, Mark? Where are you? Right now, I'm in San Francisco.
0: How many shows are you doing?
1: Two shows, uh, Tuesday, the, the November 17th, and then Wednesday, November 18th.
0: And this is your first hour that you're going to make into a record?
1: My first hour. You know, when I was opening for you uh, for your last special in Chicago, um, I was like, oh, I can do that. So uh, <laughs> thanks for the inspiration. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sure, man. I try to make it look like anybody can do it. That was my agenda when I got into comedy, is I just want people to think that it's easy and they can do it.
1: Well, you fooled me.
0: Well, I I love your comedy, and I'm glad you're doing it. So what's going on? How's your dad doing?
1: Oh, thanks for asking. Um, he's good. He's pretty stable. You know, it's hard with Alzheimer's. People, you know, they come and they go, and sometimes it's harder or not, but right now he's... uh. He's hanging in there, so he's pretty mellow, and uh, it's just nice when it's like when it's calm for a little while.
0: I think you're one of the few people that does um, uh, very heartfelt and very uh, sensitive and and um, comforting comedy around uh, around having a, a, a relative or a parent with Alzheimer's. So I guess not to be insensitive, but uh, is has that well run dry comedically, or where are we at with that?
1: Oh, no, man. There's stuff happening all the time. It's, uh, and it's just, I mean, it makes it easier, you know? Yeah. But my mom, um, my, this is something that happened that my dad, uh, he started acting like this other woman was my mom. So yeah. he started acting as if this other very tiny lady was my mom and he was just like holding her hand and being sweet to her. And my mom would go to visit and he'd be like, who the fuck's this lady? <laughs> And he'd tell my mom to get away. And they were, um, my parents have been married for 52 years, you know. And um, my mom called me up and she was like, hey, that other lady, that lady died this week. And I was like, oh, that's too, uh, like, that's too bad. And my mom was like, that's what that bitch gets. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's sad and it's dark, but it's so real and it's funny.
0: And has your father readjusted to your mother yet?
1: Oh, yeah, he's back. Oh, okay. He's always oh, yeah. kind of got the hot for anyway.
0: Well, that's <laughs> that's good, man. And when's the um, when's the record planning, when do you plan on coming out with it?
1: I'm uh, not sure. Definitely uh, trying to do early 2016. Yeah. Probably going to go with a vinyl release just because, just an excuse to have my own vinyl record finally. Yeah,
0: man, and you're, then, you're uh, another record guy. How's your vinyl ad- addiction coming along?
1: Uh, pretty good. I've been doing, I've been going into some African stuff recently, which is super cool. Oh yeah. Uh, I just picked up this, you know, this guy, uh, chief commander Ebenezer Obey.
0: No man. Uh,
1: he sounds important. He play. sounds important. Like this real raw yeah. and funky and he's got like thousands of albums. Those guys put out a lot of albums, but, uh, really good stuff.
0: So what are we trying to do? Get people to your gig?
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, we're trying to get them there, either night, Tuesday or Wednesday. That okay. would be awesome. Um, yeah. It starts at 8. Okay. They can get tickets at punchlinecomedyclub.com, or um, they can actually call the Punchline box office and avoid paying the fee. But it's better part to- of the proceeds, I'm donating to the Alzheimer's Association, so yes. it'll go to a good cause and stuff.
0: Yeah, buy your ticket, do a good thing, see a good comedy show, help chris he's uh, he's going to be a father soon and uh <laughs> and enjoy the show
1: awesome thanks so much dude i appreciate it so much and when's your special coming out
0: my special is coming out december 4th on epics which a few people get um i'm very happy with it i i i, I did you know you saw what i did you were there yeah uh i'm excited ma- about did it did i make
1: the cut am i in it yeah you are actually whoa
0: Yeah, there's a, like in some of that backstage stuff where you come off stage, I think it's where you tell me um, uh, they're good, they're your people, and then I I have a look of pain, and then I readjust my penis.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I think that explains our dynamic pretty well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, break a leg, buddy, and and have a good time.
1: I appreciate it, Mark. Take care.
0: You too. Bye. So, yeah, again, Chris, November 17th and 18th. That's tomorrow and Wednesday at the Punchline in San Francisco. And a portion of the proceeds will benefit the Alzheimer's Association. Chris is actually one of the few dudes that, um, you know, his father has Alzheimer's. And, you know, he handles talking about it with such uh, humanity and humor and love. It's really a treat to go see him. So if you're in the Bay Area and there's still tickets available... Uh, go see uh go see Chris tape is special that's tomorrow the 17th and Wednesday the 18th at the punchline in San Francisco so uh, this is me and uh, Daniel Radcliffe his new movie is Victor Frankenstein that opens uh November 25th he plays Igor but the twist is is that Igor is a genius yeah yeah that's the twist all right this is me and Daniel Radcliffe <laughs>
2: Yesterday, I went to... Pull it into your face. Yesterday, I went yeah. to uh, ESPN, which was fucking awesome, because I've never got to, you know, because uh, like, there is, I'm 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 the rarity of, like, an Englishman who really, like, loves American football and, like, a lot of other sports. Oh, really? And so I, they, I think somebody found out about <laughs> that, and so they asked me to go, out, and Scott my publicist Was saying that like Normally actors are just like Oh I don't want to go to Bristol Connect And oh, like, and like But I was just like Yes absolutely That sounds so cool Because I don't watch All the entertainment shows That I have to go on right. But I do watch like His and hers Oh yeah And like all those shows So it was like I got to And highly questionable So I got to go on them So you hey, knew cool. all of them And you knew their shows Yeah and, they, and I was I was able to Genuinely go in and be like Hey I really like you guys
1: <laughs> So would, yeah.
2: That is
0: a rare thing Where you, uh, you There is so many shows That um I imagine most of the
2: time you go in and you're like, all right, who, what are their names? So, so the Well, it's weird, though, actually, because I've had... I'm in kind of a, an oddly lovely position of, like, having been interviewed by a lot of these people since I was 10 or 11. So they all like, know I go, you. Look, go, you're growing up. Yeah. Like, I go back to uh, Kelly and Michael, and Kelly Ripper's. like, I've known him since he was 11. <laughs> and she's genuinely like, incredibly <laughs> sweet. So some places there's, like, it's, it's no... Like, if you... I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Like, if you told... Sixteen-year-old, like 16 year like sixteen-year-old me, that like one day you'll be able to go on these shows yeah. and not just be shitting yourself beforehand, and not just be terrified, and you'll actually be able to like go on and be kind of relaxed. Right, I would have blown my mind. Really? Yeah.
0: Because well, yeah, well, now you're an established guy, and and uh, and you're sort of a, sort of a kind of easing out. <laughs>
2: Of yeah, I mean mean, it
0: must be a relief at some point. I think I would be more nervous uh, to you know kind of wonder how long will it be before they stop going. Harry Potter is here. I
2: think I. I sort of did myself a favor by letting go of that worry, that like oh, right. worry, a long time ago, and just kind of accepting like that's always going to be that. Like right. it's going to be when when I die, that'll be the first line of my obituary. Like that's <laughs> Harry Potter yeah. slash, you know, slash <laughs> maybe did some other stuff. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't even put your name your on your
0: obituary. <laughs> yeah.
2: Harry Potter, also, in aka Dan Radcliffe. <laughs> I mean, I've I've I what did I have? I had um, I had somebody uh. What did they say to me really? Because I do sometimes get people saying, like, can you, like, when I sign, very occasionally now I'll get someone saying, like, when I sign something, from will say, can you write Harry Potter? And I'm like, no, because that's not my name. Oh, really? I, yeah. No, I don't, I don't sign Are Harry. Are they upset anymore. about it? Um, generally they're okay. And it's, it's so rare that that happens. Are they kids? Or they... No, I'm not doing that to kids. Like, if it's a kid, I'll write, I do my name then, like, in brackets. I'll write, because, like, I don't expect them to... They, yeah. They've just started recognizing then you just words. Because a, like, a dick. You yeah, you- exactly. Then you just be being a <laughs> yeah. horrible person to a but, child. They'll grow up that, knowing, like, man, I didn't like that yeah, Harry that, that guy was... Yeah, yeah exactly. It. That's, I think, when you have, like, that... Yeah, when you have that awareness of how... Well, it's- much they're going to remember those interactions like that's, that's
0: well something. I imagine that some of those fans that were your age when you did that are now like your age now Yeah. so it must be sort of bizarre I mean do you, uh, how do they make the transition when they come up to you it's pretty, are they
2: supportive like yeah. when you did Equus did you, you have Harry people were really like that was what was amazing about that was people were you know I guess the the people that disapproved of it just didn't come see it, and I didn't right. encounter any of them. Oh, um, the people that could not uh, look at you in any other way. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's the thing, and, and I and I like I used to when I was uh, when I went on the 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 View a while ago, um, and you know that's another show that I've been going on. So a lot for of like ladies one. yelling at you. Yeah, and and Barbara <laughs> Walters was there, and she said, and yeah, this was I was like tw- I was twenty. Three twenty-four. how old doing, are you now i'm 26 yeah i was doing an interview about kill your darlings where i played alan ginsburg and there was yeah like I a, saw that a gay sex scene and i saw that uh, sundance oh cool yeah thank you and and uh and she said uh and and she was like, hey, we don't no, we don't want to see you that way. You're a kid. And I was like, well, I'm not actually anymore. Like, it's fine if you don't want me to see me that way. But don't tell everyone else that they don't want
0: yeah, to. Yeah, the kid, you know? Harry Potter's taking it.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's not like, it wasn't, it wasn't. Well, you were the age time. of Ginsburg
0: at that time, I imagine, maybe even yeah. a little
2: older. And I was lucky to be able to, like, I was very lucky that people gave, gave me opportunities Directly after Potter finished to play like more grown up stuff and do because like could have been like getting teen offer types. Right. I, well, yeah, you could have been doomed to what happens to child actors. Well, that what the perception of what happens to child actors? Well, let's actors, go I'm through it. it. Let's yeah. go
0: through it and you know, let's lead up to that. And I'll write that down to make okay. sure I make I uh, uh, get you back to it. Mm-hmm. But like when you got the role of, of Harry Potter, I mean, you were like, uh, it was I was, I was I met, 10 11, right? But it completely, yeah. I imagine it was completely under your
2: parents'. Sort of guidance and control and and yeah. Well, initially they didn't want me to audition for it. Well, were there? Are they in show business? They are. They, they were. Yeah, they were both actors when we were younger. And then, like, how young? Like, like I guess they probably stopped when they were in their late twenties before they had me. So they um, they uh, they'd given it a go. Yeah, and and come out the other side. Was there bitterness there? There was not bitterness because they both like in, really enjoyed it and had like had a lot of fun and had found other places in the industry that I think they honestly like enjoyed more like my mom became a casting director uh-huh. I have to point out at this point she never cast me in absolutely anything Do you have to say that's your so, personal clause yeah, I'd like to add. I have to say that because like as soon as because there was also a moment on the on the first Potter film where yeah. one of the producers coincidentally is his surname is also Radcliffe right and so all the people when I came in for the audition because I was auditioning like I auditioned quite late for Potter in terms of the how long the process had been and so I think they were like oh wow now we're really scraping the barrel we got producers <laughs> kids coming in and it was not and it was so my dad became a literary agent. So my dad was an agent for writers and directors. Like um, any writers we'd know? Um, who he used to represent Joe Wright. He used uh-huh. to represent Hetty uh, MacDonald, Jonathan Harvey, lots of British playwrights, um, Joe Penhall. So you grew up in
0: this David world.
2: Bridge. Yeah, I, I I grew up surrounded by like, I, I grew up with a knowledge of it, but I'd never, I went on set once with my mum to a set visit with her for one of her projects. When you were like was before, on, earlier than was 10? Like, yeah, when I was like maybe seven or eight. And were you taken with it? Um yeah, I mean, I've still there's a photo of me uh, at home with like the clapperboard yeah. on, like, which, uh, so I clearly yeah. like had, had a they nice They let day. the kid clap yeah. the scene out. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. there was like, and there were, and it was also, it was a, it was a, it was a film with a lot of kind of teenagers in it. Yeah. So and they were like, took me under their wing for the day. And yeah. I was, Like playing football with them and stuff. Um. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, where did your parents come from? They are both British. My dad's Northern Irish and my mum's my mum's English from Essex. And you, and your mom's Jewish. My mom is Jewish. Yeah, we're not practicing at all. We're like Christmas tree Jews. We're not like religious. Uh, but you, like, did you I have a Protestant. Jewish grandmother? I do have a Jewish grandmother. <laughs> I still have a Jewish grandmother. Oh, good for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. She and she's uh, she's yeah she's wonderful. Oh cool! I've just seen your presidential stuff. In yeah, your, the, your, the president uh, sat where you're yeah. sitting. That's, that's in really that chair. Cool. Do you That's you awesome. like that? yeah,
0: but you weren't brought up with any religion in the house and
2: uh, no, not really. And Northern really. Ireland, so did you spend time up there? I did, yeah. My my dad's uh, sister and her husband. And like where? What part? Bambridge, just at, in County Down, just outside Belfast. It's beautiful, right? It it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's like it's Ireland I, well, to me I is been, like stunning. No, I, it is. I mean, actually, like Bambridge is lovely, and and obviously I don't want to like. talk about another place but like (laughs) the west coast of Ireland as well I spent time there uh, as well and it it is like stunning and it's one of those coastlines that I think people don't because you know you think of Ireland you think rain and there is a lot of rain but there's also like it's kind of just epic and it's, it's really yeah and, it's like yeah.
0: green and beautiful like i didn't uh you know i have nothing invested uh, genetically in ireland but
2: i went there and i'm like i think i'm home <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> right. the fuck it was no i i have to say there is something incredibly like m- just like, comforting and negative right. and like it's it feels like yeah, life just sort of takes over there in a rather lovely and calm way. Yeah, um, and the people are great. But then I think I think I haven't grown up in city. I don't know. Did you grow up in a city or were you? Like, Not
0: really. I grew up in Albuquerque, New okay. Mexico. You right. grew up
2: in London? Uh, yeah. So I think I would always. I think I'd find it hard to be. Totally yeah. divorced. Well, wait till you're on jacket. the other side
0: of it. I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards the idea that maybe I could be comfortable isolated somewhere in a pretty place. <laughs> maybe it's not your agenda <laughs> no, I mean, right like, now. <laughs> that's the thing. Like,
2: sometimes I have those moments. Like, I definitely, like, sometimes, like, oh, yeah, I could, I'm really, I'm very good at being uh, alone and, like, I'm, I'm a happy end. But, but yeah, I, I think I feel, I feel cut off.
0: But I'd have True to assume, one. like, you know, fortunately, uh, I don't know if you've uh, shaved your head for a role. I have, yes. Okay. I've
2: not just become very, very right wing. <laughs> um, but the film is, it's about an FBI agent who goes undercover with a bunch of white supremacists. Is that a, it's, where's that being shot? It was shot actually very close to where those white supremacists were literally m- arrested yesterday. In the Midwest? In uh, no, in Virginia, in just outside Richmond. Really? Yeah. And, and I, who's I, shooting I, that movie? Uh, it was a guy called Daniel Ragussis. It was uh-huh. his first film, first feature film, uh, and he wrote the script. As well, and he's like he's the nicest man. He's just the it was one of the I've been like really lucky this year to have just amazing experiences with directors, just like great people. Did you uh did you speak with an American accent? I did in that, yes. In fact, I spoke with an American accent in that the whole time from like morning till night. Like, nobody ever, nobody on that, nobody working on that film heard me in an English accent,
0: and it was a southern. No, America? it, wasn't. it okay. wasn't.
2: I I actually was learning a South American accent for something else, and I really enjoy it, man. It's weirdly, um, it's closer to an English accent than a lot of other I imagine American that's accents because the Rs are less pronounced. But did you? What did you do? Have to get tapes of people going? How are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you. What do I do? I yeah. I listened to the guy. In in theory, it was going to be for somebody I would be playing, so I listened to a lot of the guy himself, and then I listened to. Uh, and then I got like a coach and then yeah, you just go through the script and then they go through it with there's various ways of doing it I've got some friends who literally go through it with the international phonetic alphabet and how they've learned that and then they get that written out for them and that's how they learn it that I just have to it's listen. It's like math. Have, yeah, that's why I can't do that. So and, I just have to listen. But
0: that's interesting because as an American you think like if I had to speak with a Russian accent in a film you'd have tapes for that but I didn't really think that there would be coaches and tapes for speaking southern oh, dialect. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Of course there are. <laughs> I mean that's the thing that's the thing that always I find hilarious yeah. about America is that America and Americans have a thing about the Southern accent as sounding sort of dumb and like silly. Whereas like the rest of the world, as you know, thinks they sound fucking cool. Yeah, right. Like we're all just like, they sound like cowboys. They sound tough. <laughs> they sound awesome. Like that is a great <laughs> accent. Like, yeah, I don't know what the comparison would it. be.
0: I, I think that like I used to, I think they do get stereotyped. Yeah, I, it's I stopped awful. doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean,
2: because you like, you can't like. You well, you, well, you
0: spend time there's, down there and you're like, holy shit, it's like, so beautiful. Many,
2: there's, and there's so many like awesome people. Exactly. And, like, and like, I, I went, exactly. like, everyone I tell I filmed this movie in Virginia everyone's like, oh, whoa, Virginia, and I'm like, no, guys, like it's lovely. The yeah. people are great. They <laughs> like, are Richmond's super. Like, yeah. like, it's not like. But you s- know. but speaking
0: about like uh, uh, reprieve or or you know the idea of of being somewhere calm and peaceful. I mean, mm. I can't imagine that y- at, that your life is
2: is uh, easy. You know that everyone sort of has that impression, but like I've. I think i've managed to like simplify my life a lot like i know what i like doing i like hanging out with my friends I and like also you're, you're fortunate
0: that you're growing up yeah and, and that like you do look a little different and you can yeah. probably get I mean, by there's have you ever said this uh when someone goes like
2: are you harry potter And no no i don't do that but i do <laughs> but i will but if you just come up and say are you elijah wood i will say no and i won't tell you who i am <laughs> um, My girlfriend confused you too. I <laughs> really. That's, it's happening so, and it's happening even more with a shaved head. I don't know why, she said, he "Does he, he DJ?" Watch. I'm like, "I don't think he does." Because <laughs> <laughs> Elijah's really yeah. into records. Yeah. Are you guys oh, friends? T- no, we've met. We've met once, and we've communicated through other people a couple of times.
0: It's because of the habit, though. It's not because you look it's alike. Cause,
2: it's because we look a. Li- it's because the. It's because the idea of us is the same. Like we're both kind of short guys with big blue eyes and brown hair. And you, you, hair you did fantasy movies. And we have specific that came out at almost the same time like originally those when Harry Potter was first coming out like the first three, you sort of forget now that originally uh, the first Th- those first movies were coming out kind of alongside each other, and they were like billed as like the fantasy movies, like versus Lord of the Rings, yeah, Harry Potter, yeah. like uh, that. You guys have to do something together, like a I, road I, movie. I would love to do like I'm thinking of trying to like write something where, where like, with some sort of mistaken identity thing, or where one of us, it, you know, kills the other one. Yeah, takes do a bit life or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know I did there, There's got to be some. You could do a short that. one for like funny or die He's or something. Like, even his one of it. Somebody who was producing a film that he was working on came up to Me and was like, Hey Elijah, and I'm like, Uh, no, I'm not. And he was like, We're working on this movie, and I'm like, No, you should re- if you're working with Elijah Wood, you should know I'm not him. Know what he looks like. like... <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, so you hang out with your girlfriend, you find, but you don't yeah, friends. I'd like, I just, I don't, I mean, I work, I work, and I'm really like lucky in that. I that's the thing I got luckiest in is that I loved. Like being on set, and mm-hmm. that, so that's what I love doing. So that could be
0: six months a year to a year, a yeah, full like year. This sometimes this year,
2: I've, this year I've done, I've like I've done uh, two and a half movies, and because and, one was the back end of last year as well, and a, and a TV film. So that's probably accounted for like five, six months. And right, it's been, and it's been, and that's like great. And the rest of the time, I've been like either working on trying to get other stuff going, or just chilling out, or promoting stuff, or like. But it's I. I I know the routine of this world very well because I've done it for a long time and I'm very like comfortable in it and I sort of don't know what my life is without it which is a problem in and of itself possibly down the line but like I'm lucky that I took to it like I did in terms not in terms of like being a great actor necessarily straight away because I definitely don't think I was that but but just in terms of loving it straight away
0: well Um, when you okay so you get the role now did at the beginning, were you done? What two other roles before you took yeah, Potter? Basically, just like little a little TV
2: movie for the BBC and a small part in a film.
0: And your parents were into it. They're like, "Oh, this seems to be working out for them. So now they get this huge offer. where they immediately like, "Yeah, no, great, go"?
2: It, no, what it was actually was that they because originally the offer was to make to sign on for all the movies or at least I think six movies. They knew they were going to do six at least. Yeah, and and <laughs> then um, and and it was to sign on for all of them. And, or maybe they didn't know they were going to do them, but they certainly wanted to make sure they had me if they yeah. wanted needed me. You needed some uh, consistency
0: with the main character.
2: Right. So <laughs> they wanted to sign on for six films, and they were all going to be done over here yeah. in L.A. And my mom and dad, I didn't even hear about it at this stage. I never heard that this was And you didn't even hear it was offered to you? No, no, no. My mom and dad were just like, no, that's a crazy disruption to his life. We don't want that for him and or, or want him to. And frankly, like want me to know that that was a thing that was going on. Like right. I, I do. I think that was definitely right. And anyway, then time passed, and the offer then changed to signing off for two films, and they were both going to be done in London. Right. At which point my mom and dad were like... And then we had this sort of moment, like, I don't believe in fate, but my mom and dad do. Um, and No religion, but fate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think my mom and dad believe in God. Yeah. Um, but uh, and, and yeah, and definitely fate, because then they... Started like we went to the theatre one night, and the producer of Potter happened to be there uh, in the row in front. And I was just having this really weird moment of being like, "Why is this? Why isn't he watching the play? Why is this dude in the row in front keep turning around and looking at me?" Because I still had no knowledge that an offer had been made or anything like that, Um, uh, or an offer to audition. Sorry, it wasn't an offer and then i remember my mom and dad like rushed me upstairs at the interval and i was sort of standing there looking like what's going on and my mom and dad being like do we do we leave do we go back down like what's he's gonna want to come over and talk like what
0: and they were negotiating still so that you couldn't talk to him
2: no, no no they were they they my mom and dad were just thinking like if he talks to him then we're gonna it's gonna, like, be, it's gonna be about potter and and, right. and then you know and we don't know what the situation is and so then we went but and they didn't i guess still know how they felt about it um and then so their concern was he would come up to you and go like are you going to do it <laughs> yeah, i i don't know yeah. or, or maybe that he would talk about it and then i would feel that they've been keeping it from me or right, I, don't, right, right. I, don't, I don't honestly know but they um but i i do think like they would just they would they were aware of what a potentially Big deal, this was, and they were kind of freaking out about like, is this the right thing to do? Right? Because I remember I turned around to my mum when I was like six years old after seeing like a pantomime production of Aladdin, yeah, and going like, I think I want to be an actor. Yeah. My mum was like, No, you don't trust me. It's like, it's not, it's not all fun and games like that. Your, like, your father
0: not, and I, uh, d- yeah, yeah, kind of that yeah, kind of yeah,
2: thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a heartbreaking and, business, yeah. Um, and so, uh, but then after we went back in and saw yeah. the rest of the play, and we did indeed speak to David, and it was absolutely fine. There was nothing mentioned about it. Um, and then when we went home, my mom and dad, I think that they were like, "Maybe this is, maybe this is the universe." They thing. were supposed to be. It was supposed yeah. to be. Um, so they let me audition, and then yeah, I think I only had like four or five auditions compared to Rupert and 11, uh, Rupert and Emma, who had like ten or eleven each. Really? Yeah.
0: So they were pretty sure that this was going to be a monster. Like they, I mean, I, uh, I on think, some level.
2: Had, had yeah, you read the I, books? I'd read the first two. But Did I you like them? Yeah, but I was also not a reader. Right, like I found reading really like a trial at that point in my life. I love it now, but like I, at that point, I hadn't it hadn't clicked yet at right. all. It just felt like a chore. Um, and and also, I was always, I suppose, slightly like contrary in the way that like if everyone's really into something I have to be like okay well I'll wait and see if I like it later that? you guys are unfashionable Um, no I'm much better about that now like I'm I'm not like I used to be I remember like I, I was thinking about this the other day like what Dick, I was to some like ex girlfriends about their taste in music. Like, what a pretentious oh pretentious yeah. oh, yeah. arsehole I was it's, about. Some- it's just it's like. a deal oh, breaker sometimes. God, yeah, when, you, when you're a teenager, you're like, it's so important. Like, oh, yeah. my God, how painful. Or it was, sometimes I'll um, just be
0: like, no, nah, I don't like it because everyone else likes it. And then, like, 10 years later, I'm like, well, that pretty
2: that's pretty good. That's a pretty good song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember I read a. I read a. I read. Um, yeah. I was I was doing an interview recently with uh, NME in, in England. And so I re- went back and read an interview I'd done with them when I was 14. <laughs> I didn't read very much of it because <laughs> it was all. And there was one bit in it where I like I was they were like, What bands don't you like? And I was like, Oh, the white stripes, man, they're really repetitive. And I was really like, What are you talking about, you idiot? The white the stripes white... are
0: great. No, I think impulsive <laughs> maybe instinctively you might be right, but maybe you didn't quite get it. Because there is right. a repetitive, like, if you listen to a few white stripes problems, you're like, well, they're sort of doing the same thing. But they
2: are, but now like I have such an affection for that music. Because sure. it was the music of my teenage years. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I I you know you sort of ne- you rarely love any music as much as you love the music i think when you're a teen I think that's true yeah. i
0: unfortunately when I grew up there you know the music available on the mainstream level was uh you know you really had to you know find your way through it right or I would be listening to foreigner records right now right <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that that was a that was a tough era like and everything like before it and there just was that was so good yeah but it was you have to work for it yeah the,
0: uh, the good stuff that was not mainstream I had to find my way back to because right. I just didn't have access to a lot of it and now I'm right. sort of like how the fuck did I miss this well what you're given what you're given yeah. through the outlets
2: you're exactly, given. Yeah. You got
0: to know a guy is going to tell you like, oh, you don't know who they are. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So, what was your relationship or is relationship with uh, J.K.
2: Rowling? I mean, do you? I mean, are you guys we don't, like? We're not like tight. Uh, like we don't. You know, we don't like talk. But I uh, just time, like uh, like we always got on really really well, and she was obviously incredibly kind to me and really supportive of the films. And she came and saw Equus and was really supportive of that. Um and, yeah, she's just been... She's been great. She's been great with all of us, I think, to yeah. be honest. Like, she's... You know, she really seems to care about what happened to us, as everyone did. Like, that was what was remarkable about those films, looking back. Yeah. You know, Chris Columbus, all the producers, Warners, you know... And more than that, actually, way more than that, like, the makeup and hair people who were there for 10 years, my dresser, who was the same guy for 10 years, you know, the the all those people. Like, it was an incredibly... uh Caring atmosphere, it's a family. It was. I mean, it was really like was you're doing like, this every year family. for a decade. Mm-hmm. P- some people and passed like, away. Yeah. yeah, some, some actors. Away. Some people got married. Some people had babies. Like there was a girl. In fact, there was a girl called uh, um, Bonnie uh, Amanda Knight's daughter. Amanda Knight was the um, head of hair and makeup. Well, head yeah. of makeup on the films, and she did all ten, all eight films for all ten years. And Bonnie was born two weeks before I got the part. Yeah. And so then, like you know we get to the end of the movies and she is a <laughs> 10 year old girl yeah. and like now i'm meeting her and she's like 16 it's 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 nuts feeling old are you it is crazy <laughs> when you've got like so many physical yardsticks but then i realize that that's what i am for a lot of other people like the fact that i like am 26 now Really make some people feel old when they hear that. Sure, because um, the know, people it, that
0: loved Harry Potter are now starting families.
2: Well, that's that's what's amazing about Potter as well. Is that it? it or if you know, if you were like, yeah, if you were fourteen when the first one came out. Um, when the first film came out and you've been like probably like 10 when the first book came out and got into it and then you're probably maybe starting a family of your own right now and maybe introducing those kids to it already. The videos. Um, This is what we watch
0: over and over again.
2: Yeah. And I'm thankfully still at an age where like I can just about be recognized as the same person. Like There is going to come a point where their parents are going to be saying to their kids like this is harry potter and i'm like and they're like no it's not yeah exactly that's, you know and that's probably the point when they'll remake them with well, a
0: <laughs> new kid yeah yeah they, well yeah or a tv show or it seems like it's just a uh, an evergreen uh, property At but, the moment, but it was weird because you're talking about when we were talking about things not getting things like when i saw people Grown people reading Harry Potter on the subway in New York. ups. I used to do a bit about it. I was like, it's not, it's for children. You know, I like, get, like I was livid about how many grown adults I saw reading Harry Potter. Yeah. I was mad about it. it. Had nothing to do with you. No, 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 no. But I was like, what is happening to Have this culture? Them? Never.
2: They're really good. All right, all like, right. That's right, the thing. Right. They're really, that's, You've read that's, all of them? Yeah, I, I have, obviously. Like, can you imagine if I hadn't? <laughs> no, Maybe. I'd love it. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't read the last one. Or, I got the script. I get it. I get it. I have, like... I, in my heart of hearts I think maybe that's true of Rupert like, yeah, yeah. I think he maybe just read the last script like <laughs> he says he read it <laughs> no I'm sure he did that's, that's a joke but um, uh, it's, uh, no I know
0: people say that you know but I like I'm so uh, deliberate about what I read I don't read for entertainment if I'm going right. to read something it's got to be fucking great and yeah. people recommended it to me but I was not going to be one of those guys on the subway it just, If I, yeah. it's going to have to be some guilty pleasure uh, that I do indoors. alone um, Yeah, 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 yeah. well they funny.
2: make they make they make adult edition covers now so you buy one of them (laughs) that's what i always like is that that's what i always found that funny that there were like there was clearly some acknowledgement that like the uh, from the publishing company who like made grown-up covers for them as well that it was like we have to make this more palatable for people reading this on the subway people are starting to get you know
0: (laughs) they're starting yeah maren's starting to talk about it on stage (laughs) Yeah, he's doing a bit we got a. yeah Yeah, i
2: wish i got that kind of attention (laughs) but
0: uh well so at what point did you Become sort of aware of of what could be like sort of not just not a pigeonhole, but but the 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 when when well, we start talking about that the perception of uh, of of child actors and right. what happens to child actors.
2: I mean, from the word go, like there was I remember the pretty much the day after I was cast, there was a, an article written by a former child actor in the UK, or, or by him or about him. Um, basically saying like you're all doomed. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, John Borman, who directed the film, the the little part in the film i would had before uh, Potter was a film called Taylor Panama*, and I think even he came out and said something like, "Well, that's his childhood gone." So from that, you know, from that moment, I was like some awareness of, "Okay, that's what people think happened to child actors." And then, also, but were you afraid of it? No, never really, because like I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew everything what my you life was like. <laughs> like I, you know, I was on set. I was, uh, I think, you know, as I got older. And the that I I became I know why that stuff happens yeah but I I do get it and I get why it hasn't happened to me um because okay explain I, well I, th- I think anyway like there's there's no definite answers obviously but like I think one of the reasons it didn't happen to me because yeah. most actors acting's a weird life like you go from job to job and there's very little consistency with who you see particularly if you're in America mm-hmm. British film industry is small like you can if you've done one job in Britain you'll probably know someone on your next job sure like over here yeah. I've yet to work with the same crew member twice right right like, so it, it, it's you know if you're doing that in this country yeah. it's a lot harder you know a lot fewer people if you've if your parents don't aren't aren't right, then like that's gonna <laughs> screw you. well is the,
0: isn't there some protections now about that? like because I know there are stories about mm-hmm. some other you know child actors whose parents sort of pimped them out and took all the money and you know,
2: yeah, I mean, but I think but not I'm not talking about even like financially like right. being, ripping off the kid. I'm talking about just having parents who are either like really pushy or crazy or like trying to live out their life through you or do like, you have any of that? No. I'm incredibly lucky with my parents, like they were always amazingly supportive, but they said to me b- between every film yeah. if you're not happy don't we don't have to do the next one <laughs> right. Like, you know it was um yeah. you know they they were they approached it with caution I think the whole way through um how did they respond when you started going outside and like you were swarmed by ten year old girls my <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, it was weird for them, I imagine. They all, but they also, that's the thing. they I remember I went to Japan when I was 12. Yeah. I thought 13. For, uh, for a for promotional press. tour, yeah. yeah. And I arrived and there were 5,000 people waiting in the arrivals lounge. Yeah. Um, How many? 5,000. Japanese kids. Yeah. It's, it's all of all ages, 8 to 80. Just that's like crazy. screaming. And there was like 100 security there and they were struggling to hold them back. And me and my mom and dad were like what, pushing through this crowd. And it was nuts. And my mum's like, toggle of a duck. Duffle coat got caught on a Japanese lady's duffel coat, and they were like trying to separate themselves. And we end up like getting into the car. And I remember my mum and dad just like, no matter, like maybe they were really freaked out, maybe they were weirded out by it, but they laughed and they were yeah. laughing about it. And they were like, "Hey, isn't this?" fucking crazy they didn't say fucking but like isn't this like and just was laughing about it. and they i think they always put it in that kind of perspective of like this is mad this is surreal like enjoy it for what it is but don't trust it too much was like, there ever a point where they were scared or your life was in danger or there was creepy threats or- i mean like creepy letters never really threats but more or less people like more people that you end up worrying for them more than us really oh really like, you good just kind of yeah, yeah you sort of go you know but uh like people genuinely
0: asking you to use your magic powers to Help them and whatnot.
2: Yeah, like sometimes a bit of that. But like, we also, what was something, well, I tell you, some of the highlights of stuff I got sent. I did to get sent a, I once got sent a like a rock by a super religious family in america oh really and and they said that i was to like hit myself with it when i had like dirty thoughts and i was like this is that's very kind thanks for thinking of me and my moral side you guys but i think i'm all right <laughs> um, send a picture to them of you hitting yourself <laughs> no, with the rock i yeah. think me and my friend just threw the rock away um that's bizarre yeah so i got but, but like, you, was do you think like, that they would uh,
0: you know, would have cr- like, uh, criticized you for your uh for your... your uh, my that
2: uh, Equus, I'm sure that, like... You, you, I, no, I no, your allegiance to witchcraft. <laughs> Maybe. I always felt... I, we, even at, like, 11, we were all very... Like, as kids, we were, like, amused by the fact that, like, people burned calendars of us and stuff. Because we saw some of that around the time the first film was coming out. And, like, everything, like, it goes away. Like, it's... I feel like... There was a moment of controversy with it, and then it's sort of, you know, even even loads of religious people like Harry Potter. Like, it's not, uh, it's only very, very certain type. I think, yeah. And I
0: it. I also think, like, even when I was thinking about other child actors that, uh, you, know, you know, that uh, in, in this country, there like was people like Macaulay Culkin and stuff like that, is that that was a different time. And I don't think that, you, you know, any child actor ever uh, has been involved in a franchise like this and just yeah. the, the money of it. I mean, you could probably own a, an island if you'd like. <laughs> Um, by a small country
2: yeah, I don't know I mean I I, there's no part
0: a... of you that's sitting there going like I hope I don't waste all that money
2: on uh, right, what right <laughs> what, right yeah like I'd have to <laughs> really have to... fuck <laughs> like I mean it would just have to be like the it would be the most epic downfall yeah. <laughs> um but yeah like I don't I again I'm I'm very lucky in that sense and was and and the great thing about for the most part, that that is that it, it sort of frees you up to not worry about it, which is obviously like a luxury that most people don't yeah, have. And particularly, like, to have that young and in this job, like, to be able to say, no, I don't want to do that because I think it's crappy and yeah. I just want to do the films I want to do because I think they're good.
0: But did you have some trouble handling the success? Did you, you know, you, did you get fucked up?
2: I mean, I think there was there was definitely a time when I was... Uh, coming out of potter into the real world yeah like um and suddenly i was in a world where i was like oh i'm not going to have that consistency anymore i'm not going to see all these people every year yeah i'm not going to just like have my friends around me all the time i'm going to have to like and also like who know because figure I, out how facing, to live a life yeah and, and i've and I'd, I'd had um you know months of journalists saying to me like so how You know, how's it going to be now that you kind of peaked at 21? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What's it's your over. life going to yeah. be like now? Going to yeah. be okay? And, yeah, and, and, you know, I'd never felt worried about it. Uh, and But then you can't help but, like, infer something when you get asked that question all the time and start going, like, holy shit, like, am mm, I going to be I okay? Should be- <laughs> 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 Is this... And I do remember, like, I was, like, completely... Uh, I was pretty inconsolable on the last day of Potter. I was just really, like... Worried and and then you know I was I was living alone and uh, I think I was really freaked out. And I was also, also at that point like Freaked
0: out about losing that element of family in your life or that freaked consistency Freaked out about and-
2: freaked out about like I love being on film sets. Yeah. And like I still kind of live with the fear of just like one day someone's just gonna turn up and be like, Hey, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Just so yeah. you know, that thing you love, no, you yeah. can't do that.
0: Anymore. No more lights, camera action for yeah, you kid. You're, you're just at home yeah. now,
2: doing yeah. nothing. well <laughs> what were you doing? Were you getting fucked up? I mean, yeah, I mean I was I I I drank a lot and and as has been recorded, but that was more about like that was more to do actually with going out in public and and wanting and and like a battle in me to be like no i can have a totally normal life man yeah. i'm like this yeah. is I'm gonna hang I'm out like, with people yeah have like, a few cocktails yeah and i can't and it turns out like and that's the thing most people probably can yeah i definitely can't um and you know i haven't i haven't had a drink now for uh two over two years well over two years this time around um and um, you just
0: you don't have a tolerance for it, you get too fucked up yeah, I just, I mean, like, i've been sober for 16 years i know well done yeah well i know it, i know the feeling yeah and it's, it's just like, like
2: you get bored of waking up feeling like that oh yeah, and, and, yeah
0: well, how bad were you like what
2: did i do yeah, like a lot of <laughs> a lot of that, a lot who, who of that. Did, but exhausting. did you have a security detail to sort of manage you? But you know, uh, I mean, you are Harry Potter. No, you can't be out there at, getting at, shit-faced at, in at f- a pub at first. Well, no, but that's like I was. Yeah, you know, that's what because that's what. I thought. There must and have been so many like, people going like buying
0: you drinks.
2: Yeah, like, exactly. Like hey! I, made, I made friends in a pub real fast. <sighs> like and it, and it was and it but then like and you got to keep and, up. I was, and I was and I was I was super fun for like uh, that first an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you get bored of being like the the liability, and you get bored of being the one everyone has to look after, and you get bored of hearing stories about yourself. Well, that and, was
0: interesting to me, like you you know, because that was then, something. Go and ahead.
2: In, forgive me if I get cagey about this. By the way, I'm more than happy to talk to you about this, but yeah. i maybe slightly cagey in front of your mic just because I I did talk about this in, in an interview, and I I it's out there and people know about, it, but. Anytime I give any more information about it, it's like the the particularly oh, they take British it. press is just oh, like they, ah, they Brit- love it like yeah. Well, the it's, interesting thing is this is the story people want to write about me. Right, is that I did that you, get that, child that you have this struggle up and yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, Whereas that's yeah. Like I'm quite happy
0: now. Well, well, yeah, but it's so funny that you know the there there was a uh, a generation of British actors that just wreaked havoc on pubs for years, and it was like the the greatest and era.
2: I, I honestly feel like there's a lot of. Us that feel we have to live up to that in some way, really. (laughs) You gotta be Burton and uh, O'Toole and and Shaw. And uh... a lot of uh, like I find it so much easier to not drink in America than I do in England, yeah, like by a long, long way. Well, it's definitely a pub Um, culture. I mean, it's like you know, and and, even at work as well, like it's everyone, like I can, I'm like people in America, like, hey, do you want to go out for? coffee yeah like, coffee yes i suppose i do <laughs> yeah, i suppose that's what i can do now um yeah it's a very different
0: well that what, that what i was reacting to though like it took me years to realize about my own drinking experience was that i was that guy too that like within an hour or so i'd become the liability and there was part of my brain that wondered was you know did i want to be that you know did i want to be you I mean, know, like, taken care of or looked after or feel like i had friends it's like weird. some
2: part of you wants that chaos as well in that sense of like not knowing especially i think probably for me like having a having having had always a very structured life and yeah. like 90% sure. of the time enjoying that. There's just that like crazy part of you every so often that like wants to just rebel against that and, right. just and have some chaos. And there's
0: definitely that line though, where you're when you no longer know the chaos and it's like, it seems like the guys of that generation that could drink that, that they were
2: having a good time yeah, all the way screw through them yeah. for that. <laughs> like screw all of those people <laughs> and their consequence free drinking. <laughs> like I, I, I remember like, yeah, I remember people here and I still, I still, still do get very envious like not i i get envious sometimes like when i hear people talk now and i'm just like man how do you do that yeah how are, yeah. You, how are you okay I, I always had a line but i always I always tell myself as well they're not really they're, they're, oh yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're struggling with something.
0: Oh sure, they, they don't feel good in the morning. <laughs> no. I don't care, you know how uh, swashbuckling you <laughs> yeah. are. You, you no, still, it, yeah, exactly. You still feel shitty in the morning, but uh, but like t- let's talk about craft a little bit because I imagine going into Potter at ten that you know that that role uh, evolved uh, you know fairly was only relative to aging and it, it sort of was natural that the character was the character and you got yeah. older in it exactly. So there wasn't a lot of
2: uh, deep work Process. that had to be no, done. No but w- did you did you study acting um i did sort of latterly really yeah i mean i got to an age where i was about 16 and before i did equus actually when i was i was kind of like sort of knew you had to was, kind of prepare for that right exactly so i knew i was there'd been like a spate of uh, film actors doing west end theater at the time and the criticism that was leveled at them time and again was yeah. they couldn't do it technically and couldn't like project and oh right they um, couldn't actually yeah. be on stage yeah exactly so I, w- I wanted to sort of limit the ammunition people had in that sense and um they
0: weren't stage actors had no experience. Yeah, at exactly.
2: It. And I was like, and I knew that like people were gonna want to say that about me. Like, who's this kid coming? Well, they from must a have. They must then? have like had. They must have been out to get you. I think some were, but also there was a certain amount of. Okay, like you're doing Equus. Like that's, that's that that among certain people that makes them go like he must like he's not a play you do if you don't want to be an actor. And right? also you're the right age for it. Yeah, exactly. Like it was it was perfectly appropriate casting. So
0: were you you um, were aware that I imagine, like you know, I imagine that you had to sit down with agents and your parents or whoever your your advisors were to decide what you were going to do post Harry Potter and to, yeah. what better way to introduce yourself. Well, that was during Harry Potter though. That was still well yeah, that was too, like oh, after in the, middle. the
2: that was before the fifth film had come out. Um, well, but you, there so must have been part like, of you that
0: was looking ahead. Oh, God, you know. yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. But I I always felt like it was more, it would be much easier to start transitioning to stuff by doing it between Potter films right. and then going back to Potter. So everyone was like, oh, he's doing something different. And now we get to see him in the thing we know him in. And it, it just transitions everyone easier, I think. And people um, liked you in Equus. Yeah, and it went down really well, thankfully. So how'd and, you prepare? Um, I went, I had a amazing coach who I still work with because at that age I was like okay there's the the people who go to drama school what do they learn like I I need to learn that stuff Um, that's what you said to the guy um, no, I said it to pretty much actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I said to um, Barbara Hausman is is her name, and uh-huh. she's uh, she was recommended to me through um, Kenneth Branner. Um, so I was like, that's a good, re- that's a good strong <laughs> recommendation for <laughs> theatre based text work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I and I I work with her on literally every role I've ever done since. Um, like for that, it was specifically like working on projection and vocal stuff. But since we've just been doing like, she's somebody that I go through scenes with and have like I trust that I can just like you know. Well, because I noticed even
0: in the uh, Uh, in the new movie in the Frankenstein movie in Victor Frankenstein that you know it it, it was interesting because the first few minutes of that film that blurry part yeah. where you're just sort of like you know hobbling yeah. and the, and the voiceover comes it, my first thing was like is that the monster like, like cool like right. but, like because
2: i thought like are they gonna humanize the monster yeah cool well that's that is a sort of the version one of the things we're doing in the film is like showing victor as kind of the creator of igor as well Like when he meets me i don't have a name i'm just living this sort of yeah but like i could life. see that you had done some work around yes, physicality as well like I, I really liked all that stuff like I, it was something i did when i did the musical i did a musical on broadway a few Years ago, and that was like, I was like, oh, oh I kind of like y- using my body and being physical and doing stuff. And so every, like, I've I've had a lot of opportunities to do stuff like that. Since. You know it's next, don't like,
0: yeah. kind of Elephant man
2: fratty cooper's just done it it's been too too recently revived i've got to wait at least 10-15 years um, <laughs> to twist up yeah you gotta yeah, wait a bit nah yeah I've, I've got i've got to wait a bit for that i did but i did have like i did i did the cripple of Inishmaan and then frankenstein and then the cripple of Inishmaan again in new york what is that so, uh, it's a martin mcdonough play um about uh, a, a kid who also has um in in the play it's not specified sort of what he's living with but we we sort of uh uh, kind of made the leap that it could be cerebral palsy after the things that are described so I played a character with a cerebral palsy in that and then Igor's much less specific kind of made up condition that I sort of just came up with
0: yeah I like that the that the evolution of the Frankenstein movie in this particular manifestation is some sort of bizarre buddy film yeah. of two you know, <laughs> very attractive men that he, Igor, Igor just turns out to you know you, you stand him up straight and you clean his face up and he's uh, Daniel Radcliffe
2: Wait. well yeah I can't get it. you know I could, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, somebody, Igor some, gets some, the girl somebody, That's what it should be called. Somebody said that the uh, James's alternative title for the film is "Frankie Goes to Hollywood," which i quite <laughs> <laughs> Um But um, so, so, what
0: were some of the things that she told you? Like you know, because it sounds to me like you really had to learn how to put you, a craft in place. You
2: know, then the the other person that was, I have to say, really key uh, in in learning, because really, I I used to refer to myself as like a a sort of like a point and shoot actor. Like you just sort of like show me where my mark is and I'll right. hit it and I'll, I'll, do, I'll give you whatever my instincts have got. Like, yeah. I don't really have any kind of process. And then working with John Krakidis on, uh, on Kill Your Darlings, uh, who's the director of that and co-writer, um, he was somebody that, like, changed how I act Do well I'll tell you that there? that
0: story which I knew being a beatnik freak when oh, I was yeah. in college you know the Lucian Carr yeah. story is is a, I'd never seen it executed yeah. and and it was e- even in the literature in the beat literature it was it was fairly cryptic right. in right. terms of what band. really happened you, yeah. you know like you knew that Lucian Carr murdered somebody yeah. but you know with um, uh, what's his name the guy who played Burroughs who I love what's oh, a, Ben
2: Foster Ben Foster amazing.
0: is a fucking great oh, actor and I'm a huge beat guy so yeah. to you know it was important to me that it was done right and I didn't even know oh, cool. what that was it about that it was about that, that oh cool yeah. I just went because I was in Sundance for another reason yeah. And I got tickets for it, oh, and I'm like, "Holy shit! It's about
2: Lucian Carr." And what was the kid's name before Lucian? De DeHaan. Holy shit, He's amazing! He's one of my best friends that I've made really? through acting. Yeah, absolutely. We're in a fantasy league together. Um, really? Yeah, he's he's great. We're, <laughs> my fantasy league that I run. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's football, he, football. Yeah, American football,
0: American football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so you're a bizarre guy with the yeah. British and American football thing. Yeah, I it's I know. good. Good. It's, I like it. It's going to yeah. endear you to many uh, really millions does. of uh, grown men. It's great. Who it's... didn't like you as Harry Potter? I know. Now
2: I will go on ESPN <laughs> yesterday and like talk about fantasy. I've got like a lot more probably fans Did in that Did you already get but. some feedback for that? Uh, well, I don't have social media, so I don't know. You 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 um, just detach from that. Um, yeah, I know. I have a Google Plus, but like for me, like it just it seems like it's just uh, you know there's that there's that. Wait, um, let me
0: understand something. You n- you don't need to self promote at this point.
2: <laughs> you know what, mate? I probably do. Like everyone tells, me, like I'm constantly being told. Whenever I do a job, don't like everyone's always like, oh, can you get social media for us? I just like, I don't.
0: Don't. I just the, you'll get sucked in.
2: It's I can't. I never hear somebody talking about it who's happy about. it i never hear somebody saying oh i can't wait to check my twitter like it's always just it's like like crack yeah
0: well no but or else they are sort of like i gotta check it
2: yeah right yeah (laughs) it's not like like, this would be fun (laughs) yeah um yeah like it's and somebody said to me the other day and that's the thing it's not like an act of social rebellion like i don't give a shit if you have twitter i don't like i don't have strong feelings about it if you're using it for the right as long as you're not being a dick you can do anything you like but then but like the other day somebody said to me like uh what was they were talking about Snapchat. And they were like, how can you not have Snapchat? Right. I was like, I just don't have it. Yeah. I, it's, I didn't it's, have it yesterday. Yeah, There's no it's, reason. It's yesterday really was not, fine. I, that's the thing. I, it's, the only moment I like, the only moments I come to resent that, is when other people look at you like, you're weird for not doing it. It's like, I'm not resisting anything. I'm just no, like, I'm just am not like, into it. Yeah, it, it save your mind. Keep it to yeah. yourself. And, like, that's the, and that's the thing. I feel like as well, for me, I mean... And like I don't know, there's it's there's a great line in the English TV show called The Thick of It where somebody's like someone says, "Have you ever googled yourself as like opening a door into a room full of people telling you how shit you are?" And, and I was like, "That's yeah, like why would you invite that?"
0: Well, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I believe me, I'm exhausted by it, and it always makes like, me you feel must filthy.
2: Have to have like a huge like do all that I do. Stuff well, I, is,
0: well, no, so, I you I, do, but like uh, you wonder though. Like you see, that's the, that's the addictive quality of it. It's like, right. what if I did pull up? Right. Like, would everything go away? would I would, would I'm you know, people, sure this
2: podcast would still be yeah, here. I would think like, so I, know, I imagine people I'd people still listen. live, yeah.
0: but all right, so let's talk about Kill your darlings because cool. you know that was a, a, a that was a choice. So you do Equus and then yeah. you're like, you're gonna play Ginsburg yeah and and in it is a very you know vulnerable and intimate and and somewhat brutal homoerotic scene, yeah and uh and this is harry potter because like i didn't even i mean i saw a couple of the harry potter movies because uh, the woman i was seeing was really into him so oh, i cool. maybe saw three of them okay so but i was i seen enough of them to have the reaction you know, of like when you're getting uh you know yeah. you're having sex with a man i'm like what harry potter's what's harry <laughs> potter doing I i'm not judging him but it, yeah who knew this about harry potter <laughs> hey,
2: at least like at least i took the glasses off for it yeah. i mean that was that's you did right. of, well that like, was the weird thing made is it more separate Well, it
0: was... uh, I'd never seen um, uh, gay male sex... On, on a screen, huh. you know, done with that type of vulnerability, oh, like right. it, or yeah. or much I guess, at yeah, all, I really. Suppose, yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, the it was that mountain was like uh, like a like not not so much of a vulnerable thing. Was I guess well, was no, slightly, and it, it was
0: wasn't. Like, you know, it was sort of more suggested than it was. Right. It was more about the romance of right. it. But this, you know, I uh, the director, what's his how you say his name? Cro- Croqu- Croquitus Croquitus yeah. you know, wanted it to be to have the the yeah. sort of intensity and the uh, the 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 rawness of of yeah. something you know really happening. Yeah, because it wasn't. It was
2: graphic. Uh, I mean yeah I mean, it wasn't full frontal but I guess it was I guess it was graphic it was graphic
0: because you were registering it happening but like, like
2: it, you gotta it was, remember like to me what ended up on screen was like yeah, after a, lot a whole day's work. Less intimate than what we sure. were doing. I guess, so I guess it's why, we're like, it doesn't seem... But it like, was the first time.
0: Like, it was Alan Ginsberg's first time yeah, doing exactly. that. So it,
2: it needed to be, yeah, like, a like good scene. A good it scene to and, be, a sort and sort of, like... like uh, that would be a super vulnerable moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what so, did yeah. you learn from
0: him? You were about to say that, you know, working uh, John, with... John,
2: like, re- he really just sat me down and was like, so how do you work? And I was like, I don't know, really. Yeah. Um, and he uh, talked to me about this, he got me this book called uh, Directing Actors and he talked to me about you know, just ask me questions that it's it seems silly that I was never you know asking myself, I guess, or no one ever put to me. But like uh, the thing, like, what does your character want out of this scene? You know, like what it what with this line, what are you trying to do to the other person? So rather than thinking like you know what this should all be like in general terms, like human beings like work in that way that when you say something you're trying to affect someone in some way mm-hmm. like w- and if it's, if you narrow down what that is uh, it it and play that it kind of removes self-consciousness so you're not worrying about what your face is doing or what you look right. like or how coming out because that's what that's what basically that's like what I've learned and as I go on the more learn, the more you play around the more relaxed you are the more you trust the people you're with and you can like play around and screw up the better you'll be because you'll you'll just try more stuff and you'll be more you'll be more I don't know expressive and creative but
0: you really threw yourself into it with Equus and kill your darling sort yeah. of like if i'm if i'm going to do this let's, yeah. let's let's take the chances
2: absolutely and like and but that's what i've I've always been excited by the chance to like prove myself and yeah. the chance to um just and work on exciting scripts like I've never and also I was released from the pressure of, that a lot of my friends have of like oh i want to do a franchise i want to be in like big commercials, commercial successful movies i was released from that very it. early on i've done that like that yeah. was and it was awesome yeah and now i'm in a position where i can just do the stuff that excites me that and that's when i talked to you earlier about like having simplified my life now like i am in a position where i can afford to make most decisions based on the principle of like will this make me happy will yeah. i be happy doing this will i
0: learn something yeah will i will learn something will challenge I, I, myself
2: exactly and though and when i say will it make me happy like all those things i'm not saying like sure no i'll be able it. to like chill yeah. out and do nothing like that's not what makes me happy like, right what makes me happy is being able to work on stuff that fulfills me
0: and and uh what about like i saw you you're you're a little bit in train wrecked oh yeah and, was... you, and you don't do a lot of comedy
2: uh, but yeah but, i mean I, i'd love to i'd like i love doing comedy this is what you get cast in yeah um, but i i yeah I mean I that was fun I was doing it because I was doing The Cripple of Inishman, that show in New York and um, Judd Aftar came and saw it and he came backstage and was like hey we're filming do you want to maybe like come by and do a bit on set and I was kind of it was so casual I've never been like offered something in such an informal way before that I was kind of <laughs> like yeah you're just bullshitting backstage right, being right. nice whatever yeah. you've seen the show and you're being nice and then like the next day uh, we got a call from I guess I got a call from my agents being like Judd was phoned up he wants to talk to you about like the idea for what you're going to be doing and I was like oh, okay cool
0: and it was like a bit it, it was like a bit the, you a you're in a, a foreign film it was yeah, uh, like an
2: independent artsy movie yeah the dog walker uh, the dog walker where <laughs> I play honestly it was I was so nervous that day because I was like going in to do like there was no script i was going to do like improvised comedy with judd Appertown and amy schumer watching i was yeah. like this is terrifying i don't do this is not what i do like <laughs> um so uh i was really nervous but they were both really kind and 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 seemed happy with what they were getting i was convinced it was like the least funny I have been in my entire life and that's how I left feeling that day absolutely and then everyone's been like saying that the amount of like press I seem to get of my 45 seconds in that that like I've been answering so many questions about that I was like yeah can I can I talk to you about the, the film I'm promoting actually that I like that one's come out and done very well can I talk to you about my weird indies um, um, but yeah it's uh, no that was that was a lot of fun and yeah that's the thing you get the chance to do mad stuff like that like that's what I love about my job is that occasionally something you get to do. Were you, are you a
0: comedy time. fan? Yeah,
2: huge comedy fan. Like that's what I watch most of when I'm Locked well, who would you grow
0: up with? Who were your your comedy guys?
2: Okay, well, I mean, uh, being English, obviously, the the original Office. Yeah, uh, I love the American Office too, but like the uh, English Office was a huge deal to me. Also, Steve Coogan and Alan Partridge. Right, The day to day, funny, huh? Yeah, have you ever watched The Day to Day? No, that's the that's where actually the Alan Partridge character started. He uh-huh. was a sports journalist on this fake news show, um, hosted by a guy called Chris Morris, who also did Brass Eye, and he's f- amazing. Um, and so, you go so, see stand ups. You like stand ups. Yeah. I like, I'd watched a lot of um, Dylan Moran oh, growing yeah. up. Oh, yeah. He's been uh,
0: in here. Has he? Oh, yeah. cool. He's a um, funny guy. Yeah, he
2: is very, very funny. Um, a lot of English stand-ups, like, uh, who else was it? Oh, English or Irish, obviously. like There's a lot of Dara O'Brien. I oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I stuff. I um, haven't
0: talked to him. I've met him.
2: He's, yeah, he's very nice. guy. Well, I he, interviewed Stuart Lee. He's, oh, Stuart Lee's awesome. Right? Stuart Lee's like a whole different World, level right? of, of he, like, this, his comedy is... Cutting and, and like amazing. yeah 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 and like he he he's just got like he's one of those comedians that you watch and go wow you are fearless yeah. like you do shit that is so weird and yeah yeah like, repeats jokes that are getting no laughs just so like at the end it will come to something like I was just like that is, <laughs> that is you are oh, he'll
0: invest an hour in it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely um so yeah but then. What else? And I always, I've, always, yeah, I mean, God, if you came, like, if you came around my house when you were, when if like if you were dating me when I was like 17, yeah. 18, we, you would come around. We were like watching stand up oh, yeah? that night. Yeah. Like, God, I was, I was a bit. Uh, Jack D was also somebody that I uh, like. he's did you ever want to do it? I, uh, no, not really. I've always had like one of those things where I, I like the idea of it, but then like you you have to be funny like every like nine out of on ten times on purpose yeah and it's it's one of those things that everyone says oh you know oh when when i hear people say that to other people they're like oh you're so funny you should just stand up i'm yeah. always like you probably shouldn't actually. yeah you're right yeah. like it probably like he probably couldn't write a set right like, or it just joke. Really, i, I don't think went... people know what it's what goes into it really i've amazing respect for my girlfriend used to just do open mic stuff sometimes i was like really? that is Brave. is like, she uh, american she's american yeah she's is from michigan is she an actress she is yeah we met on kill darlings actually oh really um yeah uh she's the girl that we meet in the library oh okay I remember that scene. so you've
0: been with her a while
2: yeah yeah like oh uh, uh well yeah about three years
0: huh yeah so what's happening with that
2: it's going really well. Okay. Yeah, no, it's really good. She's <laughs> awesome. She co-runs my fantasy league with me. Um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all about football. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, But no, she's like, it's, uh she's wonderful. I,
0: I Do you, you know, want to start a family or anything? Not yet. But you think, no, do you have it I mean, in your head to do day, that? One day,
2: definitely. I'd, lo- huh. I'd love to be a dad. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um Just, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I've, you know why? I, no, I do know why, because I've, a lot of my friends growing up were older than me, and I see them go through the process of having kids, and, like, I saw one of, my, one of my best friends, like, the day that his son was, like, he knew his girlfriend at the time was pregnant, literally said the words, my life is over like on my life in fruit. a sad way yeah in like an awful way uh-huh. and then I've seen him go from that to the happiest man on earth with yeah. three children I, and, I know like, Yeah, and it's just like wow Like get, having that kind of maybe it's sort of totally selfish and the wrong reason to want kids but I'm like just something that makes you that focused on something that's not you <laughs> there's always like a I sure. to me well,
0: I, don't, I don't have any and I'm a, I'm a rare thing to be my age and not have any but all the dudes that I knew that you never thought would have kids or resistant to it as soon as I have them they're like oh
2: my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's. Good. I mean, I've got, I've, the, the you know, some, some guys and they, have, they just turn into softies and it's, there's something very sweet about sure.
0: it. Sure. But yeah. And then, at, you know, after about three years of the kid being alive, they're exhausted. Hmm. They're... <laughs>
2: That, totally. not totally i mean i also know people like that who you're like oh man you sound You can be super, all right like you can be okay dude like and and the, that's the worst ones when people are like making jokes and they're just like uh yeah no it's fine it's great but like i want to talk myself sometimes but no it's fine yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, oh god are you yeah, yeah. joking about that i hope you are uh, yeah i just I, I
0: wrote a whole bit about that talking to those guys who uh, you don't know if they're talking to you uh, or trying to convince themselves that they're they're okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> and it's like, do I wait in here? Do you want me to say yeah. stuff? Or do you, just or do you just need a board to keep talking. That's fine. Um. <laughs> so, how do you feel when? He, so, you live in Manhattan. Mm. I spend I live between London and New York. And how do you how do you uh, feel when you come out here? I mean, what... it's it's weird. I've spent so little time in LA. I filmed something just outside LA recently for the first time in my life, and I it you know it's a it's a definitely a. So you've managed um, to avoid the, the 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 culture of show business in a way. I until I was twenty one, I think I'd spent probably four weeks here in my entire life. That's amazing. Um. So like, and I do find it. And and that people like are wowed by that, which is great. I can't really say it anymore, but for a while there, it was absolutely true. And yeah, I think th- this is. I find it strange when I'm here. I'm not one of the people that's like, "Oh, LA is terrible." Like, but it is. It's a different thing. You feel different. Here. Well, it's it's fascinating. You, you can't to me. help but feel like even me. I've done well. Like, I'm doing well. I'm working. You just feel like the competition here. In well,
0: yeah. the sense of that. and also like tough. there's a there's a whole culture of show business where you know a lot of celebrities know each other, and there's different and I'm rings. Not and you, well, I can feel that. Yeah, you know and that know. there's a burden to it. There's a cynicism that comes with it, yeah. and a weird sort of insulated kind of like
2: life and comfort that comes with it Yeah, you
0: really live a, li- a, a different life when you're inside the business and everyone here. like
2: assumes you know like I remember I sat down with a director here and he was like uh, you know he, he directed videos for like some really big name pop yeah. stars and stuff and he was like you must know Jay-Z and Beyonce and I was like I've, I don't <laughs> at all like <laughs> I, we, I have you're, no connection to them like I fil- we, we film movies in Watford like there right. was never that we well we- the
0: assumption is you're one of the biggest box office stars that's, that's lived so like how can you not, not spend time
2: with the uh, yeah. Jay Z and Beyonce. Right. Never been up to the house. I know. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's. But I, I feel kind of, I guess, lucky to be. Yes, don't, outside uh, of it. Don't let
0: it. Uh, don't let it creep in. Because
2: I can come. Because I sort of have the thing of being able to like drop in and come in and like well, see friends here and stuff. You,
0: you seem like uh, like you're you yeah you're a real person and you you know you, you seem to have a you. personal integrity and oh, it's good. a pleasure to talk to you.
2: Thank you. You too. I've really so, really enjoyed this and also like I, when do you get to smoke an interview. Exactly.
0: This is the best. <laughs> I, 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 I like the second-hand experience. Cool, I quit a long you. time ago. Oh, well yeah, done. just uh, just stay away me. from LA uh, yeah, as okay. much <laughs> as you possibly
2: can. Said the man who lives there. So you got to run. Where are you going? I'm, I'm going to the, get a star on the Hollywood Walk. Get out now. of here. I know. Yeah, it, it is mad. It's completely like when they sent it to me, I was like, what, really?
0: If here I was uh, being a dick, you were coming over. I'm like, if he's any more later, then I don't know <laughs>
2: if we're going to be able to have time to do this. They didn't no. tell me you're going to get a star. Oh, yeah. No, don't. But like, I was, you know, it's it's all cool. I was like, I was, I was really excited about this as well, honestly. <laughs> Um, I was thought, like, well, you're off. We dressed up. Thank you for. <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I, was, I was thinking, like, that'll be a crazy thing, and this will just be like an hour of cool normality. Oh, oh my God. I over there.
0: Well, have a great time. That's Thank a big day. Much. Congratulations. Yeah, great. My mom and dad are
2: going to be there as well. So oh, it's, it's sweet. It's, it's gonna be cool.
0: Everyone's going to be in LA. And yeah. thousands of fans. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, have a good time. Thanks, man. That guy is a solid kid. Solid kid. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's gonna—he's got it all figured out. But I think he loves doing what he's doing. He can choose what he wants to do, and he's good at it. And I—I uh, w- I wish him nothing but the best with his star on Hollywood Boulevard and his um, mountains of Harry Potter money. No, nah, there's no resentment here. I, I really enjoyed talking to him, and it's nice to meet somebody in show business that is uh, at once a huge star, but also remove from it enough to have a life and uh, I was very impressed with that young man very impressive young man also go to wtfpod.com I'm drinking a little justcoffee.coop hold on pow I just shit my pants, classic ad copy invented by me uh, get on the mailing list, check the merch look at the guide, get on uh, Howl for all the archives whoo, oh man I didn't prepare any guitar but I could probably play some, hold on